Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And if you have a car care question for Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, call us or text us. Dan has helped us out here on CCO for many years, probably close to 20 Trying to th- every time I think about it, Dan, it's got to be about twenty three or so. Yeah, I don't know if you could say twenty five yet, but it's no, getting I think there. it's getting getting close. <laughs> and we appreciate. It. I know our listeners do too. If you have any kind of a car care question, here's the guy you want to chat with. Uh, again, if you want to call us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, and I urge you to do that, or send a text eight one eight zero seven because Dan will be with us for just about another thirty minutes or so. So don't wait the end of the show. We want to help you out as soon as uh, we can. Folks are calling in right now, so do that. 651-989-9226 or if, as I said, it's easier, send Dan a text, 81807. Dan, you and I were talking before uh, we went on about um, this time of year it is. I mean, the time is going by quickly anyway. Here is a week from today. Uh, we'll be at this uh, Minnesota State Fair doing this show from there. Oh, boy. Yeah, already. <laughs> uh, and uh, a lot of times you and I talk about this time of year when uh, maybe the kids or grandkids are going back to school. They're getting maybe their first car or many getting their car prepped for right. the trip. And you guys see a lot of those, don't you? It's very important. You know, Denny, uh, typically we all set our kids up with the worst car in the family. <laughs> Look, yes. it's fair. They're young yeah, and they don't right. have any money. The hand-me-down. <laughs> the hand-me-down. And so often the hand-me-down is is in poor condition. Yeah. You know, the steering is loose, the suspension is poor, uh, and kids are inexperienced, and they're uh, they have to make the same emergency decisions that you and I do. And if we don't give them the tool to, yeah. you know, the, a, a good car or yeah. a good working car uh, that will respond to their reaction, I don't I don't know if we're being fair to them. And, yeah, that's a good and, point. Uh, so at any rate, I think that the the least we can do is send them off to school, and and school has started. I mean, not school has started, but sports have started. The kids yeah. are, the high school kids are back in sports, and the college kids are on their way. So it's time to think about it. But but I think we should send them back to school in a in a proper running machine. Whether and, it's uh, across town, or across country, yeah. it doesn't need to be proud or pretty. No. But and they don't need to be proud of it. But it needs to be safe and solid. That's right. And, Absolutely. And that's our job. Our job. <clears throat> you bring your car in and have it checked over, and we will make it safe and solid for our students going back. What do you and your technicians do, for example? What? Well, just you know, pretty much the same thing we do on any oil change, which is a a basic safety inspection. You know, we check all the steering and suspension and and brakes. And all and and all the stuff that's that's going on, all the safety things on a car, to be sure that that uh, first of all, when they get to college, you're not going to get a phone call from some stranger that that uh, that you have a problem. At least when you're dealing with me, you know me, and and yeah. you're glad to, uh, to you trust me, and you're glad to have me do it. So, yeah. So have the work done at your normal shop before you send them off. I think that's just a good idea. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Dan, let's go to the phones. John and Grafton is first up here. Uh, John, you're on with Dan. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, I just bought a newer Ford F one fifty pickup at fifteen. It's a two 
seven liter EcoBoost. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering uh, the pros and the cons of that uh, engine. Well, you know, I, 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 uh, I've heard great things about it, actually. It's got, it seems that it has plenty of power. Uh, customers that have, uh, you know, traded their bigger, pick, bigger engine pickups for that particular uh, vehicle, it's turbo turbocharged, and uh, the feedback I'm getting is it has plenty of power, and we have seen very few problems with it. So uh, I don't. I think mostly it's good stuff. Gets good mileage and has plenty of power, and seems to be holding together just fine. So I think you can. I think you can feel good about it. Very good. All right, John. There's your answer. 651-989-9226. Text again is 81807. Uh, let's see who's next. Craig is calling from St. Paul, I believe. Craig, you're on CCO with Dan. Yes, sir. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What can we do for you? Oh, okay. I have a Ford Taurus, uh, an 08 Ford Taurus. Uh, did a rear brake job on it. Um, the um, passenger side, when when it's up on the jack stands... The passenger side has a nice free wheel to it, you know, when I spin the wheel. Mm-hmm. But the um, driver's side seems like it's um, like I'm having drag on the wheel. How would I, um, or what could I check to uh, loosen that up? Well, depending upon how much drag it is, I'm, I'm not sure you need to loosen it up. I, uh, is, it, is it drum brakes or is it disc brakes back no, there? Yep, that is uh, disc brakes. Disc brakes. So. Yeah, and it's... Actually, to the point when you're driving it, the uh, the uh, transmission keeps, um, you know, like upshifting and downshifting um, oh. because there's so much drag on that yeah. wheel. Well, then something's wrong. Yeah, then then something's wrong for sure. That one needs to come back apart. Uh, a bunch of things could be the problem, but something's stuck. Uh, first thing you need to check and see if the hydraulic piston is stuck, if, if it's not uh, being pushed back all the way in. Uh, and it needs to be pushed back. It needs to push back in, and then it needs to be free moving enough to where, when you release your foot off the brake, that the the shoes will actually, uh, or the pads will actually push in a little bit, and the and the wheel will free wheel, so the brakes aren't on the whole time that you're driving. The other thing that could cause it is if the when you had it apart, if you didn't clean the slides really, really good, and and we actually use power tools for that too. You, you could use like a file, you know, a metal file or something. But but uh, if the pads are getting hung up in those slides, uh, that could cause what's going on also. So I think you need to take that one apart again and take a run at it, clean it up better, and uh, see exactly what's not moving. If it was in my shop and I was looking at it myself when I took it apart, I would pay attention to you know where it where it's sticking in other words if you get the if you get the caliper off and the bridge is still there and the and the pads are still in place and it and it's still not freewheeling then you know that it's not the caliper it's actually the the bridge that's causing the trouble mm, so, interesting yeah you can you know as you're taking it apart think about what's going on and i think that will help you with the diagnosis as to where it's actually hanging up but 
No, if it's uh, if it's dragging enough for the transmission to downshift, you got a problem. Indeed. Yep. All right. Good luck with that. We have to take a quick break, and we'll come back with more phone calls and text messages as well on CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with the ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns. Sixty-seven degrees, heading for well, let's see, about eighty-seven today. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located exactly where. We are exactly at 982 Grand Avenue, which is between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. And uh, summer is winding down on Grand Avenue. The, f- the flowers are getting tired. but that's Any leaves changing yet? You know, you do see some leaves on the ground, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you can find us on the web. That's always fresh and bright at uh, lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. Uh, Big Nick will be there this morning at 651 228 one three one six. Excellent. Good deal. We're going to put you back to work here. Karen and Wyzetta has been waiting to ask you a question. Hi, Karen. Good morning. Morning. I have a 2017 Camry. Um, I had it in to have the tires rotated just a few thousand miles ago, and I'll get the oil changed again. So I had it in two times. It was um, new to me. You know, it was a year old. And now I'm smelling kind of, I figured out it's like um, nail polish remover, acetone. You get in the car in the morning after it's sat overnight or after it sits when I, you know, shut it off. And I'm I'm thinking I should stop by the dealer, but I thought I'd ask you. I don't, that, that's, wow, that's... that smell would not be familiar to me for any reason, so... Uh, I don't know. And, you know, the thing is with, and actually the dealer is the right answer on that because on a 17, uh, if this is a reoccurring problem that they've seen on those, uh, they'll know exactly what it is. And, and it's probably something very simple, but, uh, I'd be a little bit concerned about that. Obviously. I mean, certainly it's some sort of chemical thing that's going on. Yeah. In and, uh, so I, I probably would, uh, go over there this week and, and have somebody, put their nose to it and, and see what they think. Karen, if you do that and you get an answer, call us back sometime, would you? Let us know. I'd like to know what that is. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. acetone. I know what that smells well, like. I do, too. That's... It's a strong smell, and that, yeah. that could be a little bit concerning. I should say. What that is. Bob in Bloomington has a question for you. Go ahead, Bob. Dan's listening. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm just curious how much, how many miles should you get out of a good set of tires? I have a uh, 19-inch wheels that automatically came with a somewhat higher-end car because I wanted the premium safety features, cameras, and, you know, cars that stop by themselves. And um, I got 37000 and the guy said, I need new tires, um, and, uh, you know, I'm... I'm a somewhat aggressive driver, but I used to think I'd get about 60000 Am I incorrect on that, or what, what should you expect out of good new tires? Depends on the tires. It depends on the compound in the tires, and the more aggressive style tires for the sports car type, uh, you know, the, the collector type person, yeah. uh, I've seen them where they'll only go 20,000 miles. Um and then the more all-season, you know, daily runner tire that, that people put on a, a normal car, I have seen them go 60. Some of them advertise that they'll go 80, but I don't think you want to drive them that far. I think that they're getting too thin Yeah. with that. But, uh, but you know, quite honestly, when you said you got 37,000 on them, I thought, well, that's 
probably average. Yeah. yeah that's probably not too bad. And, uh, you know, you'd have to look at them yourself and see if, if you could stretch that out a little bit. If you might want to wait till the snow flies or, you know, there's threat of the snow flying. But at any rate, uh, I don't think 37,000 is too bad on tires. Yeah. I agree. So, and one one more thing about tires, you're going to be bummed out when you go to get them because they're expensive. Oh man, <laughs> they're uh, it's pretty common for a tire for a single tire to cost two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So be aware of that. Yeah, the good ones are. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, Bob. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's see who is next. Uh, do, do John is calling from St. Paul, and we'll grab some text messages. John, go ahead. Dan's listening. Hi. Uh, yeah. Good morning, Dan. Uh, six months ago, back in February, I acquired a. Uh, That's that uh, is on the low side for sure, but you know people will ask me all the time, "What can I do to <clears throat> make that better?" And what I'll share with you is what the manufacturer does to make it better: is they make the they make the vehicle lighter. You know, they're all about uh, taking weight out of the vehicle to improve gas mileage out on them, and then you know the wind resistance. It's a big box going down the road, so uh, that's the way that it's going to go. And the other thing I say, if your check engine light is not on, and I'm, I assume yours is not, then the air-fuel mixture, the amount of fuel going into the engine is what the engine needs to operate properly, and uh, that's 11 miles to the gallon. Yeah. So, bummer. Well, one thing that you can do, personally, is keep your foot off the gas. <laughs> you know, accelerate. The, the more gingerly you drive the car the better gas mileage you're going to get. So that's the one thing that you can do that that actually will make a measurable difference. All right. Thank you, John. It is disappointing, but it's a big vehicle, too. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that you're not shocked with the mileage. Yeah. That's, that's pretty common. All right, Margie, you're going to be next. Don't go away. We'll have some text messages sent out here, too, to get answered. Here on a uh, Saturday morning when we talk car care here on CCO, 67 degrees. We'll look at the weather coming up. Thank you, D. Lee. 67 degrees on this Saturday morning talking car care, as we always do. And we promised uh, Dan Margie in Brooklyn Park would be uh, first up here. Go ahead, Margie. Dan's listening. Thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I have a 2002 F-150. It has the Triton XLT 5.4 V8. My uh, mileage has just turned over to 228,000 miles. When I had it in several months ago to have the oil changed, I was told I need a valve-covered gasket, intake gasket, and degrease. My question is, how do I know that I need to have all this done? It it will be about $1,200. Well, uh, one thing I can tell you is that's very common. So uh, quite honestly, that if you haven't had that done, it probably does need it. Okay. But uh, feel free to go get a second opinion. That's an easy thing for somebody to check and and uh, give you another bid on if if that's what you're looking for. Um, but I, I w- I'm not surprised that that truck needs those things. At that and, mileage, at, too. Right? Well, at that mileage, yeah. yeah. If, like I say, if it's not been done yet, you're lucky to have made it that far because yeah. <laughs> it's a very common repair. So 
but yeah, go ask somebody else. That's that's just fine. I would I if if I was giving you the bid, I wouldn't be offended on that. And you know, if the bid's the same, then take it back to the first person because they found it and yeah. they deserve the work. There you go. There you go. All right. Good luck, Margie. A uh, text. Uh, has, this is an interesting text. Uh, in fact, I know that you guys do this. The sticker in the window. Oil change. Calendar wise, texter says I'm due for an oil change now. Mileage wise, I'm not due for another thousand miles. According to my sticker, do I need an oil change now? Uh, split the difference. Yeah. It, you know, whatever feels good. That, that oil change mileage is a is a moving target. You know, and an, an awful lot of it has to do with uh, with your driving habits and the driving conditions. If you if I changed your oil and you just drove to Florida and back, then and it's only been two weeks. You know, you don't need to come in right away and get an oil change again. You should you should drive that. A little bit longer before you you do that. Don't don't worry about the fact that you're a little bit over on the mileage because the fact that you were cruising down the highway the whole way, you know, is is very easy on your engine. Now, if you uh, drive it every day three miles and you're due by time, but not by mileage, then uh, you don't pay more attention to the time. Again, you don't have to do it exactly at the time, yeah. but but uh, but hit the moving target there somewhere, uh, based on what your driving conditions are. But get it done. Get it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, and it's don't worry about it. It's cheap. It's it's uh, it's for what you pay for a car. You need to take good care of it. That's right. So good point. Texter says, "Will a car that has been in an accident and suffered a bent frame ever drive normally and be safe? Supposedly, the frame has been straightened." <laughs> well, that's what. Uh, the the body shop will certainly say yes it'll be just fine and uh you'd have to be the judge of it if if your tires aren't wearing out and if the vehicle handles and drives normally then i think that it will be fine they freight they straighten frames all the time i mean that's a normal repair if the frame is bent that does not automatically total the car so i think that it's a good repair but uh it needs to be done right. It needs to be the right sort of bend. You know, not every frame can be straightened properly, but uh, it's certainly, a, a, a. it would certainly in my own mind would set off an alarm. If I was buying a car and the car had been in a crash and the frame had been bent and straightened, I would look at it way more carefully yes. than, than if it had not been in a crash at all. Okay. Let's see. Uh, 2016 Dodge Grand Caravan rear DVD player has no picture or sound. Any idea? Well, they're tricky. I, and no, I'm. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, an we enter, have an entertainment center in yeah, a vehicle. Entertainment centers are uh, usually it's the whole unit itself. I mean, I'll tell you that that's most commonly the repair, and you'll have to get some help on it. You'll have to bring it in and have somebody do some diagnostics on it. It's. You know, certainly it's it's either the unit itself or the wiring in between, and most commonly it's the unit itself that fails, and quite commonly it's that somebody spilled something on it or stuffed the wrong thing in it or, you know, kids okay. start playing with them, and, and uh, it can cause trouble. Okay. We're going to try to grab as many text messages as we can before you leave, uh, Dan. Uh, what does an alternator diode do, and should it be replaced if there is a recall on it? I believe there was a follow-up. The alternator diode is on a 2011 Chrysler 300. Well, the alter, the diode in the alternator keeps the electricity flowing in the right direction. It's a it's a directional device, and yes, if it's been recalled for a for a, a diode, 
and I, I imagine what they will actually do is replace the alternator. But uh, if they're telling you that there's a problem with the alternator and there's a callback on it, oftentimes, or a recall on it, oftentimes the recall has to do with a fire. And, you know, an alternator puts out a high amount of electricity and uh, they, if they're not working properly, they can get hot and melt down and cause a problem. So if you have a recall on your alternator, you certainly should have it replaced. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's a two, 2009 F-150 STX, 85,000 miles. Service engine light came on. Code reads P0130, oxygen sensor, circuit bank, one sensor, one. How expensive is this to fix? <laughs> well, first of all, it's probably not the oxygen sensor, which is, uh, you know, that's where a little bit of information can be dangerous. The, ah. the code is that the oxygen sensor is stuck in one direction. That's what it's telling you that it's, I think it said lean. And uh, the, but the oxygen is probably, or the oxygen sensor is probably working correctly what it's telling you is, yes, the oxygen sensor is stuck in the lean position, but it's stuck in the lean position because there's probably a vacuum leak. And one of the earlier callers on a <clears throat> Ford pickup was that to replace the uh, intake manifold and valve cover gaskets, and I said it's a very common repair, and it is a very common repair for that reason, that the intake manifold will create a vacuum leak, which will cause the vehicle to run lean and uh, and set the oxygen sensor code. One more question, then we got to let you go. What would be a reason for too much play in a steering wheel on a 97 Chevy Suburban? Anything in between the tire and the steering wheel. <laughs> There's a, The steering shaft has universal joints in them. There's a, a, the steering rack has uh, a whole bunch of different places that there can be looseness, <clears throat> including the inner and outer tie rods and, uh, the, you know, the ball joints and, and all of that down at the wheel could also uh, cause it, so anything in between. Next week, we'll be back only from the fair with more car care. How do we get in touch with Lloyd's? Give us a call. We're at 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or come on over. We're at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Good deal. Have a good week, Dan. I will. You too. Jack Farrell's Wine Chat is straight ahead. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.